The Bill Myers Show podcast is sponsored by Clouser Drilling. They've been leading the way in Southern Oregon well drilling for over 50 years. Find out more about them at clouserdrilling.com. Appreciate you being here this morning, 12 minutes after 8. Joining me, Dr. Dennis Powers. Hello, Dennis. Welcome back. Always good hey, talking. Hey, good, happy Monday to you as well. All right. Things are good. And uh, kind of a crazy uh, weekend, as always, and taking sure. care of family issues and all the rest of it. And so I come back to the radio station to relax on Monday mornings with you, okay? <laughs> <laughs> so that's... I, get early, I get up early to do the same. All right. Uh, in, in all honesty, though, uh, interesting. I, you know, having you been a, uh, or you being, I should say, a retired professor of business law, right? And you handed out many grades in your career. Would that be fair to say? Oh, absolutely. Okay. What do you think about Western Oregon University? Did you read about that story in which the school would be replacing D minuses and F grades with no credit? Yeah, I did. Uh, And it's showing uh, as to here in Oregon with higher education uh, that uh, we don't have a, a number of students prospective students coming in to these universities. And so they're doing what they're doing is to try to keep them here. Uh, by doing that, uh, it, you know, they are keeping their grade point average, uh, you know, without being taking a, a, a hit for not studying or not going ahead and caring or a lot of other reasons. I mean, very quickly, I'll just tell you this. All I know is that there were, there were students I had who were 40 and 40. 50 years old, and they are in the community right now after going through the Master's in Management and other programs, Bill. And <clears throat> what happened was is that one of them was, was uh, living out in Josephine County, and on an 8 o'clock business law class, she made it every single time, and I had students that would be trying to roll in at 8.30, and I'd say, well, I'm sorry, we're just not going to allow you to come in right now because others are making it on time. Huh. It's an attitude. All right. And is it just yet another sign that higher education just isn't, uh, well, so higher any longer? Yeah. And, and what's happening, though, especially here in Oregon, uh, are the trade-offs that are being made. Uh, one of the, the real big points was that, let's say, approximately on the concept, my friend, uh, let's say about 25 years ago, uh, tuition uh, uh, it was one-third increases, and two-thirds was coming in from the state. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now it's just going the other place to where only one-third is coming in from the state, and two-thirds are coming in from what universities can do uh, to bring uh, uh, you know, students in. And, and it's one in terms of of, of really dollars and cents that's going on right now. All right. Yeah, I know that uh, Western Oregon University, though, says the reason they're doing this is to keep undergrads from from dropping out. Um, is that <laughs> I started a, laughing. <laughs> yeah, but but isn't is that a good enough reason not to do this though? Because you know, if someone's there with D minuses and F and F grades in there, chances are they're a not they're either not serious or b not really equipped for the rigor if there is any rigor left <laughs> in college study. I'm just saying it just seems to me kind of self-evident. Maybe I'm wrong about that. Well, one of the, tr- one of the, the trends that I saw prior to my retirement uh, was that once a student was there, uh, the administration would do everything in their power to keep them there. 
you know, whether or not uh, they were in a wheelchair. And I'm not saying that one shouldn't do what they can to keep students in who are showing uh, their drive. Uh, but one of the problems that has come in in terms of the universities here in Oregon is that the teachers who are there are having to go ahead and do really extra work in terms of advising and working with students oh. that they didn't have to about 25 years ago. And this is also because of the different funding problems that comes in, uh, and I could go into that for a whole series of sessions. I'll bet you could, though, but, transla- but translation, though, K through 12, the poor performance of K through 12 overall is showing up then in unpreparedness in higher ed. Is that fair? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. And, and uh, uh, I, I have a very good friend that I fished with for, for decades, uh, who uh, was a biology teacher and really went out of his way over at South Medford. And I'd say, hey, George, I really appreciate what you're doing because it's making my job easier in terms of being able to teach them or give them the, 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 the values that they need to be able to graduate and to learn and to become a member of society, constructive member of society. Now, yeah. You're absolutely right. Yeah, uh, the the failure is showing up in the university system, and Western is going ahead and showing that as as an admission of fault. Yeah, it concerns me, especially when you go to even higher ed. Now, uh, which uh, which college did you graduate, or which uh, university did you go to? Is it, it was, oh, wasn't oh, it? I was I, I first came here uh, in the very early nineties to mm-hmm. Southern Orange State College. It was the best move I made. No, but where uh, you are, you're higher ed though. Where did you graduate from? Where did you graduate? Oh, oh. I I had the University of Colorado. I I worked uh, every single year, student loans and everything else. And then I made it through the University of Denver Law School. And then I did in approximately two and a third years because I didn't have much money. And again, working through it and everything else. And then uh, I was very fortunate in terms of Harvard Business School, which just allowed me to say, okay, now I, I have to give something back to this community. Yeah, now you're a Harvard man, right? You know, that kind of thing. Harvard Business School. Well, you know, you know, Bill, I have to tell you at Harvard is that we're, we're, we're really disgusted <clears throat> with what happened at Harvard uh, because we saw this happening with the Board of Trustees because I would be able to vote for Boards of Trustees and, and also in terms of uh, on the Board of Governors. And are you speaking of the uh, scandal with Claudine Gay, the uh, former and- president? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so what we saw is that candidates were coming in, really going back to the Obama administration, were more like a vice president in the Peace Corps, you know, rather than going ahead and, and running a medical school. Uh, in other words, we saw very liberal types of situations and people coming in. And the, uh, the DEI that came with Claudia Gay was absolutely disgusting for the rest of us because not only did she plagiarize, she was uh, a, a, a diversity, equity, and inclusive candidate by the Board of Trustees. She should have been fired. She never should have been hired, but that shows you how liberal Harvard turned into over these these decades. And and the problem and the challenge with these kind of uh, kind of stories, especially with no real reform going on in the higher ed that I'm aware of, is that as time goes on, degrees from uh, what used to be known as storied, you know, name brand first tier universities will really 
be meaning less and less, will it not? I mean, it really does tarnish. Well, it, it Bill, it depends on who's attending, because mm-hmm. if you had uh, a, a prominent family, and of course I did not come from a prominent family, but if you had a prominent family that is involved, there is this good old girl network, and it's not just good old boy, uh, of, of where they go to these clubs together, they, they go ahead and vacation together. Well, I would dare say it's a good old girl con- uh, uh, network now because, frankly, there are more uh, women in higher ed than men right now. Absolutely, and that was a, a trend that I saw at Southern Oregon University with, with, with where it was going from 50-50 to where, uh, and you can see it in the different sports uh, that are being played at SOU in terms of the less number for uh, men and the greater number for women. I mean, you can you can see that. Well, let me ask you then. This is going to be fun. We haven't even talked the history yet, but I'm just spitballing with you. I always have fun uh, noodling around with some of the stuff. But uh, since we now have uh, fewer men than women in higher education and fewer single men own their own home, uh, than single women. Single women own more of their own homes than single That's men. Uh, obviously, yeah. then, it's time for male affirmative action. What do you think about that? You know, uh, <laughs> what's interesting uh, on affirmative action is that the Supreme Court did throw out affirmative action in terms of race uh, for universities, but they upheld it recently, at least in terms of turning down an injunction. Uh, for uh, the military. So, of course, uh, Joe Himmler-Biden, who's doing everything he can to be re-elected and damn the country, uh, has been, you know, derailing uh, white male candidates for coming across as beating Trump in terms of Mm-hmm. The minority president. Well, you know, that same administration then wonders why uh, white males aren't applying at the military. Isn't that funny? Well, but you see, uh, the, the part of the problem, my friend, is that Himmler Biden doesn't care one way or the other. Oh, I know. He wants, he wants to win no matter what. And everything coming out from what he's doing in Washington, like, for example, he goes to Michigan and he doesn't like the fact that he had to go ahead and support Israel in terms of the disastrous and terrible attack by Hamas. Terrible. And so he hears from the Arab-American community. So what's the first thing he does? Yesterday he goes ahead and Biden uh, uh, puts four Israelis uh, on a watch list. Well, well, you have to understand what that's about, though. You have to understand. See, that's diversity, equity, and inclusion. You know, groups can't act on their own, or people don't act on their own individually. Everything has to be equal, right? So if you have four uh, Hamas terrorists, you better have four Jewish terrorists. Otherwise, otherwise, there's no equity. Yeah, but you see, that's part of it. But the other thing is, is what's coming out of the White House now is to mitigate the fact that he had to go ahead and support Israel. But now the, the release is coming out from the, the White House, which is just straight to ABC, NBC, and the rest of the uh, uh, mass drive-by media, are things such as his calling Netanyahu and others uh, bad words, if you will, mm. the F word. And, and this is being released by this White House. This, this White House just wants to win so that they can go ahead and keep power, and they don't care 
damn wit about this country, and that's an easy conclusion to make. But that's okay. We have the Republicans in the Senate that will protect us like that. Uh... <laughs> See, I knew you would laugh. <laughs> well, well, you know, the reason for that is that did anyone, my friend, did, did anyone be surprised by the fact that, that the Oregon Supreme Court upheld the measure that prohibited, uh, you know, once their term has expired, from these number of Republicans from going ahead and and throwing their hat in the ring. Yeah, yeah, you're not allowed to. You're not allowed to vote for them at this point in time. Uh, well, you know what that means, though. Uh, given that this was uh, pushed, Measure 113 was pushed by the public employee unions. You're aware of that, I'm sure, right? So uh, for that reason, I think it's time for a ballot measure in which you go after public employee unions and say, hey, you know, we agree with you. You told the senators that uh, they needed to go in there and do their job. Guess what? You need to also. No more right to strike. How about that? What do you think, Doc? Well, you see, part of the problem, I believe, my friend, is that in the demographics, I mean, take a look at, at, at the, the latest thing uh, from Portland. Uh, that, that has made Oregon uh, a laughing stock for the whole country. Uh, not not just that Measure 114 on drug legalization, but in terms of where one candidate in Portland was saying that they needed to bring crime in control. What did the commies do? I mean, really, this is it. And they and the and the Socialist Communist League took credit for this. They torched the car in front of his house. Huh. News just came out. You know, uh, this morning. I didn't see that story. Thanks thanks for letting me know. Oh, okay, so uh, the the revolution continues uh, in the state of Oregon. All right. Hmm, All right. Hey, uh, Doc, let's, uh, all right, we'll set aside the news here for a little bit. Let me, let's talk about uh, some history here in just a moment, about a great firm here. And uh, and maybe what we could do is have the uh, subject of our uh, firm take one of their uh, devices and go up there in Portland and crush it. All right, uh, and and that's about Tucker's. That's Tucker Snowcat, and we'll talk more about that coming up here in a bit. All right, with Doctor Powers. Water is on everybody's mind, and if you rely on well water, it's likely you're thinking about it even more. Siskiyou Pump suggests being prepared for dry seasons by installing a holding tank that can be constantly topped off by your well pump so you have the water in reserve that you need in dry conditions. Siskiyou Pump has a variety of solutions, including above and below ground tanks in multiple capacities. Call Siskiyou Pump today for an estimate. Serving the Rogue Valley for over 50 years. Visit SiskiyouPump.com. Freddy's Diner in Old Town Eagle Point has a menu designed to appeal to everyone in the family. Choose from 13 hearty burgers served with fresh cut fries, crisp and moist pressure fried chicken, hand-dipped fish and chips, beer-battered prawns, sandwiches, steaks, salads, and more. Dine in or check out the menu online. Call in your order, and it'll be waiting for a quick and easy pickup. Support your local restaurants. Freddy's Diner on Main in Old Town Eagle Point. Open 10 a.m. to 8 p.m. every day for lunch and dinner. Oregon Trunk and Auto Authority is your one-stop accessory and protection shop, offering quality products like Linex spray-on bed liners, undercoating, and truck, Jeep, and SUV accessories. Oregon Trunk and Auto Authority is now your premier source for overlanding, off-road, and outdoor lifestyle products. So what are you waiting for? Stop on by and get prepared for your next adventure. They're located at 4840 Airway Drive, just off Vilas Road in Central Point. Oregon Trunk and Auto Authority. Your Department of Adventure. 
The email of the day on the Bill Myers Show, sponsored by Central Point Family Dentistry. See all they have to offer at centralpointfamilydentistry.com and call for an appointment. Dr. Steve Nelson and his staff are next to Mazatlan Mexican Restaurant, just off Pine in Central Point. 106.3 KMED, 99.3 KCMD, and this is the Bill Myers Show. All right, Dr. Powers, let's talk the local history here. It's where past meets present, (laughs) and uh, given the fact that you were... Explaining the problems with them torching a, a car out in front of a uh, anti-crime uh, candidate there. Uh, what they need are some urban assault Tucker snowcats up there in uh, Portland. What do you think about that, right? <laughs> well, you know, uh, uh, Bill, on, on Tucker snowcat, uh, the last time we did this story was over 10 years ago. Has it been that long? Yeah. That long? Yeah, wow. it's been a long, long time, and I've been just holding on to it and looking for a time to bring it in because the story really resonates. He was born uh, over 125 years ago in 1892 in a log cabin on Jump Off Joe Creek. And we've had Jump Off Joe Creek profile before in the past. I remember that you talked about that. So Emmett Tucker lived off of uh, Jump Off Joe. Very good. And he grew up in a stone house built by his father uh, in 1901 close to Trail. So that area, as we know, is has very deep snows. Very much. Fact, I have friends of mine that head out, you know, into the, the backwoods to hunt for elk. Uh, and in any event, uh, even then, as he trudged through the unpacked snow, he kept thinking, how can I build something to transport people? Now, that's so funny because, you know, you know, we always joke about our grandparents, right? Our grandparents or great-grandparents that would say, you know, Dennis, I walked through snow, six feet snow, uphill and downhill, both directions, right? Except that Emmett Tucker really did, right? You know, that's, that's, oh. that's exactly right. Okay. And you, you see, he was mechanically brilliant, so he had his own machine shop. And so he did a number of different repairs and a number of different types of of work. And so uh, he first came up with a spiral-driven machine with skis on the front and both sides, Mm -hmm. driven by a motorcycle engine. But he wasn't satisfied with this. So here's what really gets me. When he's 46 years old, he comes up with the idea that works, and he changes and scraps it. So uh, it is a machine that uses pontoons and a revolving ski track uh, that was steel. And actually, they'd have one ski in front and two pontoons for balance in the back. But then he kept uh, building the prototype from salvage parts. Uh, And then in 1941, uh, he has uh, uh, the new one. And and he's he's testing this at at Crater Lake, right? That's where he was doing it. That's right. Mm -hmm. And he met a stranger who managed a mine near Mount Shasta who bought it right off the bat. So at 50 years old, 50, Emmett set up his first production line in Grants Valley in, uh, you know, California, which is very heavily snowbound. And he used a six-cylinder Chrysler industrial engine, and he sold up to 70 of those primarily to railroads during the winters. I'll bet. Get in there and clear off the tracks. I'll bet they would like that indeed. So it grew from there, though, didn't it? Well, you know what's amazing, Bill, is is the persistence, the the fact that this was not a time when you you had – checks just for getting in the country illegally. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so what he did uh, was that he then demonstrated his vehicle uh, from 
Mount Shasta to Mount Hood on a 600-mile midwinter trek. And then he came into the four-track design independent suspension system that didn't need the skis. And in 1958, it made these made headline because you had four Tucker Snowcats were used in the 2,000-mile trek uh, in the first motorized crossing of the Antarctic. Very good. I bet that now, gave him a lot of publicity from something like that. That must have been a great it, it demonstrator. So here he's heading into his 60s, and he's still going ahead and and making refinements, uh, you know, in terms of, of all rubber tracks replaced the metal cleats. Uh, he died uh, when he was 77 years old. Uh, but what's interesting to me is when you get into where these different vehicles are being bought, uh, they have custom-fit vehicles, Bill, snowblowers, mm-hmm. brush cutters, blades, ice drills, forklifts. Um, <clears throat> you have two- or four-person cabs, such as at Prudhoe Bay, Alaska, perfect for there. But I think what really surprised me that I didn't know, and they're selling about 100 snow machines per year, up to 120 annually, is that it's not just carrying actors to farm away film locations. It's for the wealthy to get to their faraway home really? in Montana because who in the heck wants to go ahead and be uh, uh, in anything but a tour bus with uh, video sound and with coffee and it's warm, uh, you know, rather than some type of, of, you know, snowmobile. So so some of these snowcats are that luxurious, the Tucker snowcats that are built. Oh, absolutely. Oh. And you see, the, the used ones the used ones now uh, have a, a vintage value. It's the oldest one that's still producing right here in Medford, mm-hmm. uh, <clears throat> right on, on South Pacific Highway. Uh, and on used ones, they can go from twenty to eighty thousand, depending on the condition. But the new ones are about one hundred twenty-five thousand each. And uh, it, to me, the story of of how a person stands tall and continues and refuses to take defeat, especially in those days, is a story that really needs to be told. Yep, and he kept refining it. And uh, the one thing that was uh, pretty consistent once he started producing the Snowcats more is that they're always orange, right? Because he thought that that would stick out more or at least show more against white snow. Excellent point, because it was his belief that this color best stood out against the white snow if someone needed to be found. And it's been this color for over eight decades. All right. Got to love it. It's a great story of the Tucker Snowcat. And uh, we appreciate you so much, uh, Dr. Powers. Always a pleasure. and Always my pleasure. All right. And, uh, well, keep paying attention to the crazy world, and I will, too. We'll talk about it next Monday. How about that? Look forward to it. You have a take care, and you have a great week. Thank you, my friend. Take care. Dr. Dennis Powers. By the way, you can find out more at DennisPowersBooks.com, and the books are well worth reading. Good morning. I'm Molly Smith with your NBC5 Morning News Update. Lithia and Driveway Fields brought in close to $12 million for the city of Medford in 2023. According to the city, this was the sport park's fourth best year for economic stimulus in its 15-year history. Medford Parks and Recreation Director Rich Rosenthal says the biggest challenge with recreation facilities like these is maintenance. These places are bringing in as much money as they do, in part because of the attention the city gives them. 
Rosenthal says the economic impact of the fields is like a return on an investment for building recreational facilities. Having the fields allows for a kind of ripple effect economically because those who use the fields will also dine, shop, and stay locally. And this one's for all the kids listening. Have you ever thought about what you would do if you were mayor for a day? It's a question Ashland Mayor Tanya Graham wants you to think about. She's opting into the annual Oregon Mayors Association If I Were Mayor contest. For kids in 4th and 5th grade, there's a poster contest. For kids in middle school, there's an essay contest. And for kids in high school, there's a video contest. The city council and mayor will then select a winner in each category. The deadline to apply is March 8th, and the local winning entries will then be submitted to the state for a chance to win a cash prize. To enter, visit ashland.or.us. And that's a look at your morning headlines. For NBC5 News, I'm Molly Smith. It's 36. By the way, open phone time for the rest of this hour. If you wanted to join in, there's uh, plenty going on, but happy to take your calls at 770-5633. I know you get a cup of coffee in you. You listen to some of the news that's going on. You're welcome to join in, okay? One of the news uh, items from over the weekend, though, was uh, Fed Chair Jerome Powell of note and how he was talking on 60 Minutes about how the pathway or the financial pathway of the United States of America is, uh, to put it mildly, unsustainable. Now, does that mean that the dollar dies tomorrow? No, I don't think that's the way it is at all. Uh, You know, things can stay crazy for uh, quite a bit longer, but it might not be a bad idea. In fact, not not even just, I don't want to sell it that way, not just like not a bad idea. It would be a really good idea. We'll go with the positive, accentuate the positive. A good idea to have some physical gold and silver as part of your wealth preservation outside of that pesky dollar, which... uh, May do okay for a while longer, or they may inflate it out of existence. Who knows? It's it's hard to say. Even the Fed chair says, oh, I don't know if we're going to be able to, uh, you know, this is not really good. Okay. And where do you get that physical gold and silver? A great local company. J. Austin & Company Gold and Silver Buyers. 1632 Ashland Street in Ashland or 6th and G in downtown Grants Pass. By the way, you can call for an appointment there. The uh, Grants Pass is the one, 482-3715. But better yet, they make it so easy by just going to their website, fortunereserve.com. You think of uh, Fed, Chow, uh, Fed Chair Powell, though, with uh, you know Federal Reserve, which means lots of debt and lots of printing, And then Fortune Reserve, the 180-degree opposite of that. FortuneReserve.com, FortuneReserve.com. Pick and choose your physical gold and silver and other metals. And pick and choose, pay with all sorts of different deals. And then they'll even deliver it to you right to your door if you want. Or you can drop by the the shop to do that. And getting to know Mark and Andrea and the rest of the crew at J. Austin is well worth it. But J. Austin and company, gold and silver buyers at FortuneReserve.com. That's fortunereserve.com. Do it today. This hour of the Bill Myers Show is brought to you by Johnson Builders, Southern Oregon's leading authority on post frame and steel buildings for over 20 years. Furnace on the Fritz, this is Randall at Advanced Air. Make sure you and your family stay warm and cozy all winter long. Advanced Air provides preventative maintenance on your furnace so you don't have to worry about costly repairs or getting stranded in a cold house. Advanced Air and Bryant do whatever it takes to deliver dependable home comfort solutions to local home and business owners. Don't wait for furnace failure. Call Advanced Air today and check out Bryant products online at myadvancedair.com. Intelligent, innovative, award-winning heating and cooling solutions. Myadvancedair.com. Bruno, the Fontana roofing shop dog and mascot, is particularly fired up at the end of a long day. Let's find out what all the commotion is about. 
And there's Bruno, always excited to see us. Looks like he has something on his mind. He never disappoints. Yes, you are a contractor's best friend. No arguments there. No, I believe that's plural. He's saying we are a contractor's best friend. Uh Uh-huh. Valid points, Bruno. Since Fontana now has a full metal shop providing flashing, siding, skirting, gutters, practically any custom metal detail contractors need in a variety of colored coatings. He's right. I suppose it does make us a contractor's best friend. Wait, what? Did he just call you a jerk? No, he can smell the jerky in my pocket. Here you go, buddy. For your next metal project, call your friends at Fontana Roofing. Visit FontanaRoofingServices.com. The Bill Myers Show is on 106.3 KMED and 99.3 KCMD. So February evening, quarter to nine, Bedford cops get 911 calls, shots fired by a popular drive at Progress. Boy. And uh, so an unknown person shooting at him as he fled the area. Patrol units get on scene, and they end up arresting a couple of people over the weekend here. Let's see. Suspect one, Matthew Ryan Pierpoint, 38-year-old of Medford, felony strangulation, domestic violence, and parole violation. That's what he's charged with. And then we have um, Devin James Wright, a 30-year-old from Medford, parole violation, felon in possession of a firearm. I'll be curious to know if any of them actually go back to prison. Or is it that, well, okay, quit shooting each other and just be a little bit better behaved. I don't know. I hope that's, <laughs> I hope we're a little better than that. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, let me go to Dale. Dale, I wanted to talk with you about Tucker Snowcap because you said you actually drove the Tucker Snowcap, but in a unique place. Tell me about your story. Go ahead. Well, Dennis, Dennis had mentioned that they have them at Prudhoe Bay, and I can confirm they do, and I drove one in Prudhoe Bay. I worked for the FAA, and we used it to get out to the uh, airfield to, you know, work on the uh, navigational aids and lighting for that the Prudhoe Bay airfield. Anyway, uh, it had a center engine, and that gave off a lot of heat, and so that's where it, the heat came from. Oh, and- I'll bet that was actually pretty uh, pleasant in Prudhoe Bay. If you're, if you're going to have uh, an engine running, have the heat going into your cab would be great, huh? Absolutely. It was very nice. Uh, but I do have to say the the ride on it was very jarring. It was very, I mean, it was a shock to, you know, when you get out to the place, you want to get out of there and stretch because you've been bashed around. Now, was that one of the older models? They're probably a little more luxurious now, I hear. Right. It's an older model. I, I even had a Matchbox toy of this style, right? It's, uh-huh. it's orange with the tracks, and then, you know, it's got a slope windshield and anyway um and then he had mentioned that he started out by building uh pontoons with a spiral skeg and then the the pontoons would rotate Mm -hmm. and it would corkscrew through the snow yeah there's one of those in the museum in fairbanks at alaska land no kidding yeah oh how so I could vouch for his story. I've seen it. <laughs> oh, that's great. Dale, I wanted to ask you a question since you said you were servicing the FAA, uh, the FAA stuff, okay, the FAA and navigation. Do you know, how long ago was that? Because what I've been kind of curious about is, do they still use the low-wave band for navigation on the uh, uh, on airplanes, or do they still do a lot of that, or is most of it with a GPS or something? I'm wondering how they do that. Do you know? 
Off the... Right. The, the NDBs, that's what you're talking about. Yeah, the little beacons. You know. Yeah, we have, in my jurisdiction, we had one left. It, it was, we were in a process of decommissioning, and we had a miner near, uh, well, uh, he had a, anyway, he, had, he wanted it for his mine. So we were servicing that beacon for one individual. <laughs> no kidding. I know that we still have a few uh, beacons here in uh, southwest Oregon and northern California because I have uh, shortwave radios and it goes down to low wave, which is like 100 kilohertz up to about uh, 500, you know, in that below the old AM band. And, you you, know, and you'll hear of that. We had people put weather or other information on the beacon mm-hmm. and we couldn't have females record the weather. Really? Because because of the modulation, their voice is too high a frequency, and it would go out of the band. Oh. At that low a frequency, we had to have a male voice, or it wouldn't work. Huh. I didn't <laughs> know that. That's frequency I, we're talking. That's very interesting. But if you go right now, you can listen to, like, I want to say 370, is it 378 kilohertz or 76 kilohertz? And you can hear uh, MEF, and all it does is uh, Morse code over and over again. Da, da, dit. Did it yep. it? You know that sort of thing. You know, I think it's, exactly. Yeah. What one? The one I worked on was U M M, and it was Morse code. You did it da 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 da. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So I didn't know if they were still just maintaining it for legacy, or if uh, airline or uh, uh, no. pilots it's actually use it. Much. Gone, but there's a few left. Just okay. A few. All right. Yeah, Thank you so much, Dale. It was A M. Your AM station, you could tune in with your NDB receiver, of course. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, exactly. I appreciate the call, and thank you for sharing a great story of Prudhoe Bay. All right? Really do. Thank you. Bye. All right. Great hearing from you. 845 at KMED KCMD. A love story like that. You talked about the history and say, hey, I was there. <laughs> Hi, KMED KCMD. Good morning. Hey. Good morning, Bill Sherm here on Sam Zelly. Hey, Sherm. By How's the way, life? have you driven through West Medford at night lately? I, I I I don't drive through West Medford at night lately a lot, just saying. Exactly. My dad built a couple houses on Jeanette by Blackbird when I was a kid. That's where I was born. I tell you, I'm appalled. Just a note on the crime rate in Medford. I go to Medford rarely if I can. Hmm. What do you think so, is um is root on that? Any idea? <laughs> Between the drugs, which is the root cause. Mm-hmm. That's invaded our valley. They allowed it to come in here. And a lack of law enforcement to really address the issues and education for the law enforcement officers. Well, do you ever think that maybe that uh, destroying Southern Oregon is part of the plan because uh, we need to be diversified like Portland? And what better way to do it than to... Hey, we're getting there. We may be worse. That's third world stuff on the west side of Medford. It is absolutely terrible. Hey, what I really called about the emergency room situation with your mother. Yes. I'm an ex-AM... I'm an EMT from Central Point, Fire District 3. I've done all that. I was appalled. I took a friend into the emergency room at Rogue Valley Memorial Hospital. What a nightmare. Four hours on the concrete floor she laid there waiting to be seen. It's outrageous. Yeah, well, my mother waited. We waited five hours before. Well, she had been seen in, in, in part of triage. She was brought into triage pretty quickly. And uh, and then realizing that, you know, she wasn't dying or anything like that. And so other people had to be given higher priority. And I get that. I completely understand that. And the service that we did get or the treatment was very good and very good people. But 
it does appear that the system is really strained in both of our hospitals here in Southwest Oregon. Oh, it's outrageous. I never would have believed it. You know, as an EMT rolling in there, I was a fireman plus an EMT in the years of my college years. And I will tell you, I've never seen such inefficiency and such a poorly run operation. Is it being run poorly or is it a matter that you have only so many people, so many dollars and and frankly, the emergency room is now being used as the medical clinic of choice by the indigent now. I mean, it's really by where we are. By the homeless people, absolutely. It's a combination of things. Not one simple answer, obviously. No, no, you indeed. Know, we have to address it, though. That's not emergency stuff. I appreciate the call, as always, and a great story, as always, Sherm. Thank you. Hey, thank you very much. Take care. Bye. This is the Bill Myers Show on KMED KCMD. Open phones at 770-5633. You get a chance to to weigh in. What's the craziest emergency room story that you've ever seen there? Maybe you've experienced this with a loved one or maybe even yourself. But uh, for me, the uh, arguably totally crazy woman that was, if she wasn't screaming, she was crying and talking about how uh, everybody there in the medical system was taking her blood and stealing her eggs and her head hurt, and we all needed to repent because uh, her heart hurt. I think that's uh, that's what it was. And needless to say, in stress and probably, well, there's no place to take someone like that right now, right? Two North is only so large. Hi, this is Charlene at American Industrial Door. Colder weather can make springs snap and the rain makes jams swell and seals deteriorate. Lower temperatures can also make a garage door less flexible and put added strain on your door opener. Now is a good time to call American Industrial Door and have us service and adjust your door and opener to make sure it continues to provide safe and convenient operation. For garage door service and repair you can trust. Count on your local expert for over 30 years. American Industrial Door in Central Point and Grants Pass. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. Oregon E-Deals has saved the Rogue Valley truckloads of money over the years on things you buy and use often. Get a certificate to the barbecue house in Medford worth $25 for only $15. All Beauty Mark Salon certificates are half off. Also, save big on Diner 62, Malello's Coffee, and Freddy's Diner. This and much more available exclusively at OregonEDeals.com. I'm hooked on Oregon E-Deals.com. I'm saving big. The Fed's new FedNow system is all about surveillance and control. Secure your assets today with something Washington cannot manipulate. Hi, Stephen K. Bannon, and I recommend diversifying your retirement into a physical gold IRA from Birch Gold Group. To learn more, get a free info kit by texting the word SAFEGUARD to 989898. Do this right now. Text SAFEGUARD to the number 989898 and get a free info kit 
from Birch Gold. There's no obligation or purchase required. Message and data rates may apply. Are you the parent of a 2- to 7-year-old? Listen closely for an exciting free radio offer. By now, you've probably heard of ABC Mouse, the Parents' Choice Award-winning online learning program that's actually changing the lives of early learners everywhere. ABC Mouse is like a little one-on-one teacher. It has helped her so much. Right now, we're offering a special radio promo to try it free for a month. But you have to go to abcmouse.com slash radio to claim your free month. That's abcmouse.com slash radio. Sponsored by Age of Learning. Hi, I'm Megan with Mini Pet Mart, and I'm on KMED and KCMD. 852, open phones on 772, maybe at 770, rather, 5633. And we had uh, John in Ashland who found his phone. John, great to have you on. And boy, uh, I agree with you. We were talking off air about this one, is that uh, Democrats, of course, have uh, Jackson and Josephine County in their sights. Both, all of these charter changes are just designed to destroy the counties. That's kind of how I see it. And you, what are you thinking? Yeah, it will destroy the county because now there's enough people in the county where you vote over the whole county that there's enough people with common sense that they vote in people with common sense. But if they divide it into five commissioners and they're not taking account, they're saying this is it's it doesn't cost anymore. But they don't consider PERS and many other uh, side benefits. It's going to cost hundreds of thousands of dollars more to have five commissioners than it has three. But what will happen is you'll have a commissioner from Ashland and Talent. That's two far left-wing commissioners. And then there's one more in one part of Medford. And that's the reason why they want that. That's the reason why they want this. This is the reason why these failed county commissioner candidates all of a sudden are saying, well, we need more democracy by having you vote for two of five rather than three of three, as it is right now. And so it's it's a fraud right from the beginning. Don't overthink this, folks. Everybody wanting to change the charter in Jackson County with the five commissioners, that's not on the ballot yet. That, that all this is about is getting a bunch of leftist uh, commissioners on here. And the Correct. same thing with the Josephine County 17-116. And all you have to just notice is that they're not amending the charter. They are completely repealing the charter in Joe County and replacing it. And, and all the good stuff that's in it is gone. It's like, what are you doing? You know, don't don't argue and, and argue the little minutia on how much an administrator will cost or if we can afford it or not. It's like, no, it's just a no. You just go no on these things right now. That's all. The moment that they do it, it'll, it, there won't be common sense anymore. I attended a conference this weekend about uh, homelessness, and they had people there. There were 280 people, I think, they got to sign up over the weekend. Oh, was this the one that uh, Senator Golden and uh, yeah. uh, Representative Pam Marsh were at, right? That one. Right. And they talked about all the different things that they're doing to help homeless people. And I thought, okay, that sounds fine. But the, but the elephant in the room is this. Forty-six years ago, I and an attorney, John Hassan and Richard Stevens, went and testified to the legislature when they were debating Senate Bill 100. And we said, if you and what Senate Bill 100 is, is that where they took away the property rights from 98 percent of the property in Oregon. Yeah, that's why we have the LCDC and centralized land use planning. We're the only state that does this. But what happened was, was that Governor McCall had a cabin at the beach. He didn't want the municipality to approve any more houses around his cabin. When they told him they were going to do that, he created a coastal commission, 22 miles long, took away everybody's private property rights. He said, that's a great idea. Let's do it in the state of Oregon. So in their first 
uh, round of what it looked like. You could only build within the city limits as they existed 46 years ago. And the Home Builders Association, of which I was part of, we, we demanded that they had 30 years of development land. We agreed on 20, and that became the urban growth boundary. And we told them, if you approve this, no ordinary income, medium income person can afford a home, no low income person can afford a home, and there'll be huge homelessness. And of course, what has happened, but they're not going to look back to Senate Bill 100, right? Because it's the ultimate conclusion of what Senate Bill 100 was designed to do. But the elephant in the room is that the reason that there's homelessness and the reason that nobody can afford a house is they took away all the developable land. So the value went up. For instance, in 1974, I built apartments, and I was paying 5000 to $7,500 per unit. I just recently did something in Portland. I paid 89000 per unit. Wow. Because there's no developable land. No builder in Portland can find a lot to build on. No builder in Ashland. And Ashland's never expanded their urban growth boundary. They, they go to, and they're required to under Senate Bill 100. But they never would do it because they don't want development. And their answer is, well, you can build an auxiliary dwelling unit. So we really have twice as many lots as you thought. They've only approved less than 20 of those in 30 years. I mean, it's now they're doing it more because they're getting more pressure. Yeah. But I'm just saying that there's no developable land. There's one property in Ashland left, the Croman site, and they put so many restrictions on it to design it the way they wanted it. It would never fly in the marketplace, and nobody could ever build it if they didn't want to lose money. Well, you know how this goes. Well, you know how this goes when they always talk about, well, this is about preventing sprawl. Well, one person's sprawl, John, is another person's affordable home. And they don't want, and the reason why there aren't affordable homes is that the state of Oregon doesn't want you to have an affordable home, really. That's right. But the reason I called was Tucker Snowcat. Oh. The, really, the, the rest of the story. So what's really we used to live next door to Mr. Tucker. And his daughter then lived next door to him, and then our house was next. Anyway, what's really cool is, is that Tucker Snowcat has kept a family business, and his son and his daughter are the president and CEO of the company, and they still run it, and his grandkids work there. It really is a family Ashland business. It's very cool. Glad to hear that. It's good to know, and uh, someone's been able to keep doing that. John, always a pleasure talking with you. All right? You be well. Thanks again. And John is absolutely right, though, is that uh, still, there really isn't, uh, the the state of Oregon really, for all the talk from the... uh, from the Democrats that are, oh, we're going to do a war for it. It's a problem they created, and they refuse to want to look at it and uh, and withdraw Senate Bill 100 because they like that control. We don't want sprawl, except that one person's sprawl is another person's affordable home. So that kind of tells you uh, how much your uh, Democratic friends, how much they love you and how much they really care about people in which they want you uh, essentially in stack-and-pack housing. This is just like that 15-minute city, the 20-minute cities where we're talking about the neighborhoods here. Vision 2030, pathway to 2040, pathway to 2050. It's coming mostly from one uh, group, and, you know, you can't keep putting them in. Just saying. It's uh, 858 and change. Mark Lee Van Camp and Robin's coming up. My email, Bill at BillMeyerShow.com. We'll talk again tomorrow, okay? Well, Dad, this is not a shocker, so you don't have to sit down for